cut. Wow, it's actually working. We can hear. We're connected. I, I played the song twice. I don't know how much dead air was there in the middle, but thank you all for listening. And if you're with us live today, I appreciate you being here. My name is Matt Rury. You are listening to Careless Whispers on CLNS Radio. And this is a special playoff edition. The playoffs are underway, and I don't even know what the score is. So we're acting as though the playoffs have not started yet. Calvin Chamberlain, my co-host, joins me as always. Sir, what a time to be a basketball uh, fan, huh? Yeah, the Cavs are up 23-21, by the way. Don't, so I'm, I'm sorry, that might, that might impact your playoff predictions. We'll find <laughs> out. We'll find out shortly. But I'm a little up to date with our information. Yeah, so we didn't want – we normally do our show on Tuesdays. Uh, I was a little under the weather, so we didn't do them this last Tuesday. But we wouldn't have been able to make our playoff predictions anyway. I thought it was a little unfair to – uh, have us do our regular Tuesday show and then make playoff predictions then after we had a game or two under our belt. So we, we, we're making a little time. It's going to be a little short show. We're just talking NBA playoffs. That's the plan. That's right. The plan that, that almost was not because we tried to do this last night and uh, we tried to power through some technical issues. But uh, instead, we do it now. So we're going to start here. Um, by saying happy birthday to Liz Farola. I don't know if she's listening or not, but I'm throwing that out there. It's her birthday today, Calvin. I'm sure you knew that. Or did you not? Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. Although I'm, I'm really bad at remembering people's birthdays. So, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, it's because well, I'm not, I just had I'm, to get that. I just had to get that on the air. Boom, done. Whether she's listening or not, fair enough. Well, because um, I yet again failed to tell her that we're even having a show. I figured it's going to be playoff uh, basketball only, so here we go. Um, you mentioned the Cavs, so we're going to start in the Eastern Conference, but um, we're not going to start with the Cavs, because guess what? The Cavs are not the one seed, and that's where I want to start today, is with the one seed. How do you feel about that? Oh, I, like, I like it. Let's start with that one seed. Like the one seed, can you believe it? Our Boston Celtics. Maybe not yours, but many of the people that listen to the show, I'm sure, are Celtics fans. This is a Celtics-based network. We try to cover the game as media members and be unbiased, but we all know that deep down, every, pretty much everyone here wants the Celtics to win. So that's, that's the way I start here on this show today. The Celtics, what are their chances? In this first-round series, Calvin, I'm not going to lie to you, I'm – I don't expect them to look impressive. I don't expect them to run away with this thing. I expect it to be a close series, and it's probably going seven games, and if that's the case, then you give the Celtics the edge at at home. And we'll get into some deeper topics towards the end of the show as far as uh, the the later rounds are concerned, but I think it's going to be sort of that way for the Celtics throughout the playoffs. If they – win a series in less than seven games, I will quite frankly be surprised because I, I don't think that they are as strong as they appear to be in the standings. And we can get into reasons behind that, but I, I mean, we've talked about them all year. The main reasons are still there. They still get out-rebounded often, and they still don't have a clear-cut number two scorer. So that is, is what's going to make it difficult for them to win, and we're really going to find out what, what kind of resolve and how much – uh, the effort that they put out night in, night out actually uh, impacts their ability to win the playoffs because they are one of the more high effort teams that we've seen uh, in the league this year. 
there's an interesting take from you from you, Rory, because I feel like just a week or two ago, like I, we, we when we did that post came and in, in, I asked you and, and Nick Sacento and maybe a caller or two uh, if you guys were concerned at all about the Celtics' first round opponent, and I was getting a lot of no's. Like and we didn't know who the opponent was going to be at the time, but but the, it was like you know Indiana, Chicago, Miami. Do any of these teams scare you? And I sort of felt like the consensus was not really like that. Maybe the oh. Celtics aren't as good as as their number one seed, but certainly like this first round, you didn't expect them to run into any problems. But I mean, but obviously you're not going to predict against the Celtics. Well, not obviously, but obviously to me, you're not going to predict against them. But to, to even say that they're going to have a seven round series in the first round, to my mind, means that you can. You think that they're going to to have trouble? Is that an unfair statement for me to make? No, I definitely think they're going to have trouble. And whether it whether it's because the best player on the floor is on the other team, or it's because um, the Bulls have the ability to get a couple of different guys scoring the basketball, whether it's Miritich, I know not a great scorer throughout the season, but he started started to come on late, uh, and and Butler, I just I don't see the Celtics being able to consistently match up as far as other scorers are concerned. They're going to have to win these games with grit and effort and defense. And in all of those categories, I give them the edge. So the the point is they should win this series. They should probably win it in five or six games, to be honest with you. I just don't know if that's going to happen. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on it because I've, I've just seen the way that this team has played down to opponents all year. I've seen the way that they have struggled to rebound, and that has made them lose games that they should win. And I've, I've seen how poor shooting on any given night can, can really kill them. And sure, those are all sort of cliche things to say about, uh, that you could say about any basketball team, but it seems to hurt the Celtics more than, than others, especially this year. So those are real concerns. I would still bet on them to win the series, but if you're if you're asking me to bet on them to win in five or six, I don't. I wouldn't be able to do that. I, I think I think that seven games is more reasonable. All right. Before before I give my prediction and we and we lock it in, let me ask you a big picture question or two about them because uh, again, not not to, to harp on this, but I'm curious. Uh, Going back to the trade deadline when I, I, I insisted they should have made a trade and they didn't, and, you know, now what's done is done. But what I'm wondering is, is like, what kind of results justify the notion that, like, yeah, they, they probably shouldn't have made a trade? Because in my mind, there there are two. One is if the Cavs just go through the playoffs and dominate and look like the team, not even dominate per se, but, look, like, are never threatened, Right. Because if, if the Cavs, even if the Cavs make it to the finals, sure. if they look like if they look like they could have been beaten, then you can easily make the argument like, ah, eh, the Celtics had made those one or two more moves. You know what I mean? If if they had added a guy, maybe they would have beaten the Cavs. So I right. think the Cavs have to get to the finals without without ever really being in danger for for that to be a legitimate argument. Or the Celtics have to win the NBA championship, in which case. Because even if because even if the Celtics beat the Cavs and then get to the finals and lose to the Warriors, you could say, well, well, now the Celtics were in the finals. If they if they made a trade, who knows what happens in one series, right? So I feel like those are the two options for it. Like uh, for for the people who like thought the Celtics shouldn't have made a trade, those those are the two options you're probably rooting for. Even though it's ironic. 
Well, you yeah, and, and the, just well, just the point that that the Celtics need to really make some noise. I mean, even if they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, you're absolutely right. People are going to look at it and say, well, if they had that one extra piece, they would have gone a little bit further, wouldn't they? And it really, regardless of how far they go, unless, unless the Cavs that. dominate, then uh, there's there there will always be that question. Um, I mean, like, yeah. unless they lose to the Bulls in the first round, I suppose. But then you would be able to say if they had that player, they wouldn't have lost and, and looked yeah. so embarrassing. So, I mean, this is all hypothetical, of course, but I would say that uh, you're you're right on. And they are going to have a hard time looking good about not making a deal uh, unless those one of those two things happen. Now, if Cleveland looks un- totally unbeatable, then maybe maybe then you justify it. But I just I don't expect that to to really happen. I think Cleveland's going to have a tough road here as well. And we will get into that right now, but what's your prediction? Well, my, my other just real quick, big picture uh, question for you Ray, is what will it, t- what kind of result uh, would the Celtics have to have in this for, for you to sort of feel satisfied with the season? I, I mean, maybe you, maybe you're going to be the championship or bust answer guy, but like what, to, to be being totally reasonable, obviously, if the Celtics made the Eastern Conference Finals, would not being I, I was being happy with that is a weird thing to say, but like looking back on the season, will you feel like it's a good season? What sort of result do you do you think this team needs to make? Yeah, for no, that's it. But that's it. They have to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, otherwise, it's going to look like a disappointment. If they don't get to the Eastern Conference Finals, then they're one of the first one seeds in a long time to not get there. Uh, right? I mean, pretty much the one seed goes to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's the way it works because the, the rest of the conference is not that great. And if if you're a one seed that doesn't go, then there are going to be probably uh, criticisms that are just justified because of that, that notion. So if even if you lose, that's fine. Like, you have to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I would even put the caveat on it if they lose to Toronto in the Eastern Conference Finals, if Toronto were to beat Cleveland – then I would say that that is acceptable as well because Toronto has basically had their number the past couple of years. This season, the Celtics obviously had a better season than they did, but they were only two games back and they are a formidable opponent as well. So even if they were to lose to a team like that, I'd be okay with it, but they've got to get there. And if they don't, then people are going to pick holes in their team and point out why they didn't get there and talk about it as a disappointment. And when I say people, I mean myself because even they can have a, an exciting two rounds of basketball and make me satisfied as a fan and be happy that I got to see it and I'm going to enjoy that those two rounds. But if you talk to me in in three to four weeks after that time, I'm going to definitely feel disappointed because right now it looks like they should go to the Eastern Conference Finals even if the road is going to be as difficult as I just said it was going to be because. They've set themselves up as the one seed, and people are just going to assume that they're good enough to get there, and it's going to look bad if they don't. Yeah, I mean, a loss always feels disappointing in the moment, which is understandable. I was, yeah, that's why I put put in the caveat of like, with the perspective of time, you're looking back on the season, will it feel like a disappointment? And I guess even that is hard because. Uh, you know, when you lose, especially when you lose like a competitive series, and you if you if you get because thing is if you get swept, then you're like. Oh, that feeling of getting swept was so miserable. We weren't even close. And if you lose a close series, you go, you look back, and then you, you're still going to be like, oh, if we'd only hit these shots, and if we don't, 
oh, I can't believe they called that foul on Marcus Smart. If they hadn't called that, maybe we would have won that championship. That's one we can't get back. And then they're going to call and carry the Smithers and talk about how the Lakers got too many foul calls. You know, I mean, maybe, it, maybe it's just it's me being unreasonable in terms of fan expectation, but it, it, it is a, a thing that I'm curious about. In any case, back to my prediction. I actually agree with you that I, I that, that this is going to be a seven-game series. And it's, to me, to me though, it's not going to be – it's going to be one of those seven-game series like um, – like Boston played in the in the first round in 2008. Who was that? Atlanta that they played? I think it was yep, Atlanta, right? Exactly. And yeah. It was just a gut, grinded out, gutted out, like ugly no, basketball it, it, type of series. That's what it was. But it but it also kind of wasn't. Like it went seven games, but like Boston had the lead in the entire series. Boston's Boston's games that they won, they seemed to win significantly. And in Atlanta, they were like tight games that they lost. Uh, and then in the, in the final game, the, in the, the Celtics win by like 25 or something. That's sort of the, the feel that I imagine for this is like maybe the Celtics get a 3-1 lead and then uh, game five is like a, well, a scenario. Where yeah, I mean, they, that's what I mean as far as grinding it out. I think the Celtics are going to yeah. struggle to win in Chicago. Yeah. I think there'll be like one game the Celtics lose be, uh, on some shenanigans. So, but my point is, is, is it'll be a seven-game series that that is technically a seven-game series, but in the end won't feel like one. They'll win Game Seven by 18 points, and it won't it it won't even really be that much of an issue. But it'll just it'll be one of those seven-game series where you're like, oh, man, how did we end up in a seventh game in this series? It seemed like we've been we played so much better than that. That's that's my prediction. It's a weird one, but I'm still that's what I'm going with. All right, so two seven-game Celtics wins in the first round, and we'll come back and tell you who they're going right. to beat or lose to in the second round next next uh, time we do a show like this, and we move on. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm I'm just wondering here, and I don't I don't know if, if it's like a spoiler, but are, are you going chalk? Because I feel like going chalk is no fun. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe you are going chalk. We'll find we'll find out. <laughs> we we will find out, I suppose. Uh, and in the Eastern Conference, it's tough to to not. But we we will see right here. Do you want to go? Let's go to the to the potential matchup, not the two seed now this at this time, but the potential second round matchup between the Celtics, who we just both picked, and whoever their opponent would be. The Atlanta Hawks are facing the Wizards, the Washington Wizards at Washington. They have the home court advantage in that one. And uh, you know what? I'm going Atlanta on this one, and this is a strange pick because I I don't really think that Atlanta tends to have the balls and the mental fortitude to, to win in the playoffs, but for whatever reason, I just feel that their win against the, the, the Celtics uh, and beating Cleveland without any of their, their players really playing uh, is, is going to give – some of their bench players, the confidence to sort of go ahead and, and go up against Washington. And quite frankly, I'm actually going to buy on Dwight Howard in the playoffs this year, in the first round anyway. I, I just I feel like he's going to have a good series against Gortat and that he if he elevates his game, then Atlanta is really going to be a surprise to a lot of people. So I'm actually picking the Hawks in seven games winning in Washington on the road in game seven. And how's that for going against the chalk? Even though Washington is not really chalk, but go ahead. 
No, it is chalk. It is four or five. I'll, I'll give you that. Even though it's like it's the weakest chalk. It's like chalk that only right. shows up at night. to shine a black light on it to see it, <laughs> but it's still chalk. Uh, I, I I agree with you. I think that, uh, that in, in the main reason why I I think uh, the Hawks are going to win is one, the Hawks are a bit of a wild card. Like, yeah, they're right. They did beat Cleveland, but they beat them twice. They beat them once without all their guys, and then they beat them again with everybody two games in a row. So. They're playing well right now. They're I don't know, they just play they just play playoff basketball to and, and the the Wizards don't. That's really the difference to I me. was just thinking it's the like, same exact thing. I was thinking about Budenholzer and just the way that the the Hawks can slow it down and the Wizards really need those two guards to to go off every night and I just I don't feel like it's gonna work out for them. Well and, and the, the the Wizards can defend. I mean, not the Wizards. The Hawks can defend, and the Wizards can't. Like, yes. the problem with the Wizards, in my mind, is, like, their their best lineups are all bad defending lineups. You know what I mean? And it's like John Wall and, and Kelly Oubre and Bradley Beal. Like, John Wall's a good defender, but you play those three guys, you play the three-guard lineup against the Hawks, that's fine. You're going to be able to, like, out-quick them to some degree. But I just think, of again, again with it being slowed down, uh, they're not. It's not going to be crazy high scores, and I don't see. I just don't see them being able to uh, to, to win that game defensively with Dwight Howard. You know, I'm not a huge fan, but Millsap's one of the best defensive players in the league. Uh, Dwight Howard's still an excellent defender. I, I, they're going to defend the rim well. So, yeah, maybe maybe Washington can hit enough threes to win that game. And there's a reason why I'm picking Hawks in seven because it, it is a close series. And by the way, there's, there's also a reason why I'm not picking Hawks in six. I don't, subs- I don't subscribe to this, this uh, prediction theory that people have where if, like, you're predicting the road team to win a series, that you just always have to predict them in six and that the home team's going to win right. in seven. Because I disagree with that, thing, too. Here's the thing about a seven-game series. And, and people always know it when it gets to the seventh game, but for some reason when people make predictions, they forget this. By the time a series gets to game seven, like – the teams have already played each other enough times to where, like, they know each other well. And the home court the home court in Game 7 makes no difference. Because one team, let's say one team's up 3-1. Then, then even if that's the home team, they're already feeling the pressure of the choke at that point. Yeah, they might win, but but everything everything psychologically that goes into a Game 7 is so much bigger than, like, which team has the home court. That the home court itself, it almost doesn't matter at that point. It, it really doesn't. It matters a little bit, but not it, – it if you think a team can win in seven, then that team can win in seven. Like, they don't have yeah, to win. Yeah, and, and you know what? It kind of, it kind of makes – this is going to be kind of a strange argument that I'm about to make because it just – it goes kind of against traditional playoff thinking. But I, I feel like the Hawks bench and guys like Jose Calderon, guys like Ersan Ilyasova – uh, and those two guys basically that are the ones that I'm looking at here and saying they've kind of been there before, even though they're not like big playoff performers, they are veteran guys who can still chip in here and there. And I feel like once Washington's starting lineup is, is out, Atlanta's bench is going to have a, a serious chance to make a run. And if their bench can outplay Washington's bench, then it doesn't matter how the starters play in my mind. Uh, and, and that could be the way that they, they win a, a seven game series. And it just, I really think it's going to come down to that seventh game. And if you tie everything in as far as coaching and mentality and things like that are concerned, 
I would I would pick Atlanta, which feels really strange. I usually wouldn't go that way. That's interesting because I have I have the exact opposite thought, which is that like both of these teams are really shallow. The benches, first of all, benches are overrated anyway when it comes to playoffs behind the first two guys. Like I'm I'm, I'm long been firmly in the camp of depth in the NBA is overrated, and it it gets you inflated regular season records because. Uh, you know, everyone only wants to play their guys so many minutes. But when it comes to the playoffs, you know, anybody can play 38 minutes. So benches are like beyond the first two guys, benches are overrated. But anyway, the point is neither of these two teams has a great bench. Uh, I, I, In my view, I think it comes down to whose starters play better. And I just feel like, like ultimately Atlanta's going to be able to slow it down and defend well enough that if, if Washington hits enough threes that they'll win this series – I just don't – I just think they're streaky enough to where, like, Otto Porter's fallen off that crazy level uh, that he was at of the first half of the season, and I just don't – I don't think they have enough offense to get over the fact that they can't play defense. So, I got Hawks in seven. All right. We've matched up the first two series here. That's not like us. That's that we usually go in opposite directions, but it's working out this year. Let's move on down to the two seed now, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who blatantly did not give a damn whether they got the two seed or the one seed or the three seed for that matter. I feel like if, if Toronto had caught them, they would have said, we don't care about that either. Uh, and that's that just sort of the mentality and the cockiness that they are uh, showing right now. And they get the Pacers in round one. Uh, I really want to call this a sweep in Cleveland's favor. But I'm going to give the Pacers one game because I think Paul George is going to be able to outscore LeBron at least one time, and, and that will give the Pacers a win on their home court. So I'll go Cleveland in five. But I, I really would rather say they're going to sweep because I, I deep down I, I feel like that's what's going to happen. But uh, I'm, I'm going to give uh, Paul George and Larry Bird a, a game over there because – you know, Bird's a, a Celtic, of course. And I think, like I said, Paul George has enough in him to outscore LeBron once. And that could be that should be enough for the Pacers to steal a game. So I'll go with Cleveland in five. But uh, look, I fully from what I saw in that one game against the Celtics, like it looks like they can totally turn the switch. And if that's the way it's going to be, then they will sweep this series. Oh, really? You're making the podcast boring, man. I also got Cleveland in five. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm on the other side about about the switch flipping. In fact, I've said for about a month now, and I've been on this bandwagon, this is, this is the year that the Cavs lose in the Eastern Conference. One of these teams is going to beat the Cavaliers. I know it sounds crazy. Maybe not. I just like to make full predictions. I, I feel like it's time. I feel like this team is fraudulent, and people are, people are sort of, like because people are afraid of the Cavs and the switch, but like the thing about the switch is like you can only turn it so far. You know what I mean? I don't think I'm not saying there won't be a switch, and certainly the switch will manifest itself in this series where they have no problem with the Pacers. But I don't think you can turn the switch all the way. And I think, I think we'll talk about we'll talk about it I guess down the line. But I think that they're going to lose to their second round opponent. That's that's all I'm going to say right now. But. um yeah, I have the Cavaliers in five over the Pacers. I don't think that the Pacers, even though I just said the Cavs are vulnerable, I don't think they're vulnerable to the Pacers. The Pacers don't have the type of team that plays the Cavaliers well. Yes, 
you know, Paul George has been playing out of his mind lately, and I'm sure he'll play out of his mind in this series against the Cavs because the Cavs can't defend anyone. But on the other hand, the Pacers' wings can't do. Who's guarding Kyrie Irving in this in this series? You know, hmm. who's guarding? Who's guarding Kevin Love? Monte you know, Paul George. <laughs> Yeah, Paul George might be able to do a decent job on LeBron sometimes, although Miles I, I think yeah, I'm good. I, th- I think that Paul George is not the type of defender that gives LeBron problems. He's just not strong enough. Um, even though, yeah, even though he's a, a great defender overall, I, I've seen LeBron go off on Paul George consistently, and I, I, I think type of defender is the reason why. Um, so I expect this to be a really high-scoring series. I think yes, Indiana will take one at home. Uh, on a game where George just goes off and, you know, the Cavs are cold from the three-point line. But, uh, yeah, overall Cleveland will come out of this, like, smelling pretty. Everyone will, will say the Cavs flip the switch, and then they'll lose in the next round. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. All right. Well, well you know what? That, that kind of leads into to my next prediction here, I think, because – okay. If you're saying they're going to lose in the next round, that means they're likely going to lose to the Toronto Raptors. And, I mean, if you like the Bucs, then that's, that's fine. If you're going to lose to the Bucs, I'm going chalk on this one too, Calvin, because you know what? I think the Tor- that having Kyle Lowry back right at this moment is going to be a, a real boon for Toronto. I think they're going to play really well. And get this, they're going to sweep the Bucs in the first round. That's my – It's not, maybe not a bold prediction, but – I don't think the Bucks are going to take a single game in this series, and that's the sweep that I'm calling in the Eastern Conference because I just I like the way that Toronto has put things together. I think Ibaka is going to be a huge guy for them in the playoffs, and I just other than Antetokounmpo in Milwaukee, I don't see them matching up with Toronto at any level. Rosen and Lowry are going to have a chance to just go off. And I think Valanchunas is going to be key for them as well as Ibaka, like I just said. So, listen, Toronto is not a sexy pick. I don't, I don't think that they are, are really all that great. But like I said earlier, if the Celtics were to go to the Eastern Conference Finals and lose to Toronto, I'd be okay with that because I think they are that good. So, they are going to they're going to sweep this series. That's it. You, you would not be okay with them losing to Washington, though, right? Because screw those guys. Yeah, Washington. Uh, not not so not so fine with that. No, but uh, that wouldn't be the Eastern yeah. Conference Finals. That would be the second round. And I inherently, yeah, if they lose in the second round, then that's that's disappointing. That's a great point. I didn't even consider that. In any case, uh, yeah, I have Toronto in six in this series. I I. I I like what you're saying. The only reason I, I think that the, the main reasons why I, have, I give the Bucks two games is one, I think there'll be a game where Giannis is just unstoppable, and I think there'll be another game because because the the Raptors are sort of slow playoff starters and they've consistently been. I just feel like there's going to be another game where the Raptors just don't play very well, and like it'll be another one of the like like I sort of said with the with the Celtics Bulls series that went seven. You, even though it, it'll be a six that feels like five. I know this is I know this is like me undercutting my point, but I, my prediction is six. All right, so pretty standard in the first round here from both of us. I can't believe that we that's the only we thing we differed on is the amount of games in the in the in the Toronto series. But we both like the Hawks. That's that's something. We do both like the Hawks. I guess that's kind of strange. Yeah. I don't I don't know how how we came to this to this point, but either way, uh, we move to the Western Conference. 
as I look at the board, of course. Oh, I, I guess I should throw that phone number out there, even though I don't even know if Go anybody ahead. realizes we're on the air right now. 323-642-1484. Um, we moved to the Western Conference. And I'm going to start with you because that's your side of the, the world. That's your side of the bracket. And let's start at the top. Let's start right there at the top. Uh, Warriors, uh, Portland Trailblazers. I think that this would actually be an interesting series if Nurkic hadn't gotten hurt. Like, I am sort of, hmm. I'm believing, and maybe it's just because, uh, just because Nurkic played so well after that trade that sort of justified yeah. me being right. I, I might, I'm, but there's like a small part of me that feels like, like I am, I'm invested in him succeeding to, to really make me look smart. So we, we because of that, I, I, and because of the way they played with him, like this, it's it's really not even just his defense, which has been like really good, it, it, and and the the production that he puts up. It's just the, it's just his screen setting and how much space he creates for Lillard and McCollum. If you look at like their numbers with with uh, him and with Nurkic in the game, as opposed to without, and this is one of those things where like. You and, and just like how well their offense works when he's directly involved in the pick and roll, it's one of those things that like doesn't necessarily, uh, you, you know, when you look at someone's numbers. Let's say he wasn't putting up the other numbers he was putting up. You you look at someone's numbers and you go like, uh, not impressive, but he's still doing something super important on the team. That's one of those things where like, it's those guys are still going to go off, but they're not going to be nearly as efficient. And the the bottom line is, is like. The Blazers can't defend without Nurkic nearly as well. They're going to get – they're both going to push the pace like crazy, but uh, the Blazers are going to turn the ball over way more, not shoot as well, uh, have a harder time getting to the rim because the Warriors can defend the rim with their switching, and the Warriors are going to have an easy time getting to the rim. So I'm calling a Warrior sweep. Aha. Uh-huh. We agree again. <laughs> um, I think the Warriors are going to sweep this series as well. A lot of the things that you just said are totally true. So I'm I'm going to go a little statsy here, and my bold predictions okay. are going to be this: C.J. McCollum will score 40 at least one time in this series, and Evan Turner, old friend Evan Turner, Calvin, I think yes. he records a triple double in one of these losses. I think he's going to put a good effort out there, get a little 10-10-10 game going on, and uh, still they're going to lose all four games. That's oh, that's my prediction for that helps. series. I just they don't they don't match up with Golden State. Let's be serious here. This is the, by far and away the, the the favorite to win the title right now. I would say. Uh, I don't know what the actual odds are. Maybe I can look that up. But um, they just on paper look excellent, and they're nine and one in their last ten games. So they're not really slouching into the playoffs like some teams out there, <laughs> Cleveland. Uh, but they, I, I just, I, I buy into Golden State, especially in the first round. They're going to sweep. If I'm not mistaken. I think they're like 15 out of 16 right now. Actually, it was like, yeah. but uh, uh, yeah, so they're, they're even better than that. I, I think they're like one to three favorites to win to win the NBA title, and then the Spurs are, are second, and then at like yeah, at like eight to one or something. Um, yeah, let's see. I, uh, I got it on ESPN right now. Golden State uh, is one to two. Uh, Cleveland is seven to two. San Antonio is nine to one. And Calvin, your Boston Celtics come in at fourth, at twenty to one. 
Oh, fourth place is actually impressive. So you guys are, are heavier favorites than the Rockets. That's interesting. That's right. The, the Rockets and Clippers are tied at 25 uh, to 1, and we will get into them shortly because we're talking about the Houston series right now. That's, uh, oh, we're not going two. to two. We're, we're jumping no, remember, we're going to the potential opponent of the first-round series. We're doing the brackets. We're oh, going yeah. right down the brackets. We're going okay, to, to, to Houston and Oklahoma City now, the, the Russell Westbrook, the MVP special. Which one of these guys is the real MVP? Who takes it away? Wait, I'm going to break shock again. I'm going to go I'm gonna go Oklahoma City here. I'm going to shock you in the world here if I Oklahoma City pick. Look. You, you know what? I, I, you, may, you may not be shocking the world. Um, oh, go ahead. Explain. No, really? Explain. Explain. Uh, okay, look. Houston is a really good team, a really, really good regular season team. But, again, a team built built on depth. Uh, Houston, like, ran a lot of teams out of the gym. They played really well against bad teams. They did not play as well against great teams. Not that the Thunder, not the Thunder are a great team, but the one thing that the Thunder – are, are really good at is playing defense, and the, the Rockets are less so good at playing defense. They have a lot of tall, like a lot of you know guys who guard the rim really well. Which uh, okay, fine. You know the Rockets are just going to shoot threes, but I think the one the Rockets' depth matters less in the series. But I'm not saying the Rockets can't win the series. Uh, I'm taking the Thunder in seven. I think. I think the will of Westbrook uh, is going to factor into this. I think that Harden is not completely healthy yet. The Rockets have not played as well lately. I think that they, again, they have guys who just can't defend that well. I think Patrick Beverly is going to do something stupid in this series and Ooh. get himself, yeah, get himself kicked out of a game. I think it's going to be one of those scenarios where the Rockets are going to feel like they got jammed up. I like it. I'm making some hyper-specific predictions. You notice that? And I, I, I just think that in Game Seven, it's it's going to be it's going to be a war. I, th- I think that the the Thunder in the games that they win are going to win closer games than the Rockets. There'll there'll be a couple of games where the Rockets just put it on them and win by 17. And I think the the Thunder will win out some some greedy games where uh, you know maybe the referees aren't aren't making those kicky tack calls that, that James Harden Harden gets usually off. gets. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And, and the other reason why, if you if you've noticed, Harden had like typically does not play up to the same standard in the in the playoffs as he does in the regular season, and that's part of the reason why because he's not a, he he has a harder time when they're not putting him at the strike constantly, and I, I think that will factor in too. So I could be totally wow. crazy on this, but I'll, I'll put myself no. out on the limb and say OKC in seven. Yo, you are not totally crazy, and I promise you this is not scripted. This is off the cuff. This is not – we did not plan for this because I'm going Thunder in seven as well. And I've got a couple of different reasons. I love everything you were saying. And you know what? Overall, I think that this is going to be the most exciting first-round series that we've seen in a very, very long time. I'm really pumped to see Westbrook against Harden as far as the scoring and what Westbrook does and how the MVP battle goes as far as that series is concerned. Obviously, it's not. You don't base it on the regular or on the playoffs. That it's only on the regular season. But in in fans' eyes, this is going to factor into who should be the MVP. And I think that's great. I'm in, in, excited to see what Patrick Beverly does as far as guarding Westbrook is concerned. But really, it comes down to toughness for me, and it comes down to being there before, and it comes down to being able to to win those gritty games, those games where the refs are going to let things go, and. I just I don't see Houston having those weapons that they can 
utilized to win games like that. I'm looking at Steven Adams as a, as a huge player in this, in this series. I think that he's going to be able to get his way quite often down there against the Houston bigs, even though they do have a lot of size on the Rockets, but I think Steven Adams is going to be key for the, for the thunder. And I'm, I'm going with the Russell Westbrook show here. I'm going with the, with the, the thunder and seven, just like you. And I, I, I can't, I, we have to differ at some point here. I can't believe this is, this is still going on. It's crazy that our upsets are the same to you, but before we move on, yeah, one one thing that I forgot to mention in, in my rant a minute ago is that like, is Andre Roberson defends James Harden really well, and he's like people don't realize how good of a defender this guy is. I feel like he he's like Celtics Tony Allen, where like people don't know about him yet, you know, because he's such a bad offensive player. Like his name doesn't fly around the league the same way that it should. But sure. yeah, but this. It, it, and more importantly, again, the type of defender he is, it really matches up with the kind of guy James Harden is. He's not really uh, – I mean, James Harden gets past a lot of his guys with, with sort of uh, trickery more than athleticism a lot of the time. So I guess that's not really – there's not really a, a way to match up with Harden. But I guess my point is, is that, like, Harden's not really – bigger than him in a way that allows him to shoot over him easily, and nor is he prone to, like, the, the lunging fouls that Harden seems to get on a lot of players in the NBA. So I, I feel like it's just a tough matchup for it. that specific matchup defensively. You can always, like, get Roberson off him sometimes and get him easy shots where his, his final numbers will be fine. But just having that guy out there to, like, defend him a fair amount will still matter. All right, Calvin and I agree again. <laughs> Quite interesting that this is continuing to happen. I feel yeah, like we're going to agree on this next one as well, but uh, let's let's find out. It's it's the two seed. We go back to the other end of the bracket here. San Antonio hosts Memphis, and started out with you you first. It's the Western Conference. Yeah. Okay. So, big big picture wise, I'm I'm not a believer in the Spurs. I I feel like. Their their system, they're, not that they're not good, but I feel like their system sort of has made them overinflated. Like Kawhi is awesome. Kawhi should be right there for the MVP talk. But like they don't have, they have a lot of you know quote depth, but like they don't have a lot of guys in the primes of their career. And I I, I feel like they're they're a team that's that's primed to lose a, a series. And maybe if the matchups had gone the other way, if they were playing the Thunder right now, I would be picking the Thunder against the Spurs. Let me just mm-hmm. put it that way. But okay. because they're playing Memphis, a team that essentially plays the same style as the Spurs, but not nearly as good as them, and exactly. they, lost Tony, they lost Tony Allen right before the series started, for, for the series, I can't imagine this game series going more than five, and I'm going mm-hmm. to predict the sweep. Yeah. Oh, there's there's a sweep. Okay, I'm gonna give Memphis one game, and I'm not really sure why. I don't have, really have a reason for this, but I just I feel like the, the Spurs, like you said, they're they're prone to to they're vulnerable. Let's just put it that way. I, and I think that they are not gonna go as far as people may expect them to this year. Uh, so I'm going with Spurs in five on this one. Mainly, I just don't see where Memphis is going to get their scoring from. I mean, I mean, is Marcus Gasol really going to be able to fill it up that much? I mean, Chandler Parsons has been an enormous disappointment for Memphis Grizzlies fans. And while Zach Randolph still has some moves down there in the post, I, I mean, they're going to rely heavily on Mike Conley to, to score night in, night out. And when you're going up against – a, a team that has multiple guys that can score in the, on the as the Spurs do. I just I don't see 
Memphis being able to keep up with them. They get maybe one game. They, I think they win one game at home because that place is, is a tough place to play, and that's one of the few places in the league where I think home court advantage actually does matter a little bit. Calvin, maybe you completely disagree with me, but I think Memphis is, is a tough place to play and uh, that they will take one at home, but uh, overall Spurs take this one in five. Um, maybe for certainty. I don't think home beat court doesn't matter at all. I was really just applying it to, like, which team gets the game seven. Is really Oh, it, yeah. Yeah. It matters for more teams than for others. I mean, uh, you know, for, we haven't talked about Utah Clippers yet, but, like, because Utah plays at, the, at, at an altitude and, like, Denver plays at an altitude, obviously it matters at those places. I also just feel like it matters less in the playoffs. Than, than during the regular season because so both teams are on the same travel schedule. There's you know there's a game between a day between games. It's like you don't have one team coming in from out of town, it, and like there's also less partying. Let's be honest. Like if you're in a playoff series, you're you're gonna go less hard than you are during a regular season because you know it matters more. So all all of that factoring in, I just think I think it matters a, a little bit, but I don't think like it, it's really affecting your shot and stuff that much. Um, in any case, yeah, I just think it's it's a bit it's a, it's just a bad matchup for Memphis. It's un, it's unfortunate for them. Like, um, their their one chance to me is if they if they somehow like can manage to to bully ball the Spurs, it'll be interesting because Gasol and, and uh, Aldridge has actually been better defensively, even though he has not been nearly as good offensively. So everyone's sort of harping on Aldridge, but he's been a lot better defensively. Um, but it's like some of their other bigs, like, you know, your David Lees of the world and your Pau Gasols can be dominated by, you know, bench to bench. Like, Zach Randolph could go off in that series, potentially. But if the Spurs counter that by running them off the court, it won't really matter, right? And I expect it to be low either way, right, the series? But we'll, yeah. Yep, definitely like four or five games. I'm going five, but there's your sweep from Calvin. Um, all right, the last series that we talk about here – the Clippers and the Jazz, and this one, it looks like it's going to be uh, interesting, to say the least, uh, with the Clippers having a slight edge. They get the tiebreaker against Utah, and they will have home court advantage or disadvantage, if you will. But how do you feel about this series, man? This this is one I, I went back and forth on. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are going back and forth on this, too, and this may surprise you, but I don't think this series is going to be close. I and I, and by the way, I say this from, as someone who hates the Clippers, actively hates the Clippers. I think the Clippers are going to win this series in five games, right? And hmm. there's a couple there's a couple reasons why. One, the Jazz haven't made the playoffs in four years. There's basically outside of George Hill, there's not really anybody on this team who has playoff experience. Uh, the, the the Clippers with Chris Paul, if you look at their record, especially with a healthy Chris Paul. They're, like, right behind the Spurs in terms of record-wise. I don't see who, like, they're going to put George Hill on Chris Paul. He's a guy who's, like, people forget how good he is because he he takes his foot off the gas in the regular season. But the way that he can control the game, assuming nobody gets hurt in the series, because that's the thing about the Clippers. It's like, I feel like people forget how good the Clippers are because one of their big three is always getting hurt, right? Someone gets hurt in the series, it changes the game, and then the Jazz can win the series. But if we're, if we're basing this off an assumption that all three guys are, are healthy, and then you look at the Jazz, like, they, they've had guys hurt, and they're just trying to integrate them back now. 
we don't know how healthy Hill is, and he's immediately going to have to be put on, on Chris Paul. Again, factoring in the lack, the lack of experience, like I like Gordon Hayward a lot, but he, like Gordon Hayward is not a guy that I'm going to expect to like go off for 40. They have more of a balanced offense. They have a lot of like who, the, the who's going to take the last shot question in a lot of these scenarios. Maybe it'll be a close five. I just think that the Clippers are so much – they know who they are so much more than the Jazz do. And the other thing is, like, Gobert's style of basketball, which is, like – he has a lot of advantages on so many other centers in the NBA, but because DeAndre sort of plays the exact same style as Gobert and is a little faster than him, I feel like it's, it's almost a nullification, even though Gobert's a better defender. It, it's almost a nullification in, in that end, and I think the Jazz – need to win that matchup to to win a matchup. And then, you know, who knows what Blake does in this series. He can, he can go off for whatever. I just I just don't like the matchup at all for the Jazz, and I don't like their lack of experience. And I, I think they'll lose in five, and people will look at it as a disappointment. But I, I, I and hope, I mean, I guess for the Celtics, maybe you hope that it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, go Gordon Hayward to want to leave, but what I was going to say is, hope, hopefully Hayward doesn't take it as a sign that like that this team can't go anywhere because when teams teams need time, man, to develop their playoff reps, and if they lose in five, that does that won't mean that this is not a team that can do it. It'll just mean they're not ready. And I That's don't right. think they're ready. I don't think they're ready either, but I think they can win a couple more games than that. Uh, I'm actually going to, out of respect for the big three, the idea of a big three in Paul Griffin and Jordan. Uh, and out of respect for Doc Rivers, and frankly, out of respect for Paul Pierce, who is probably going to be a non-factor in this series, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to let the Clipper. I'm going to call the Clippers in six on this one, even though I think this is going to go seven games, uh, and they're, they'll still win the series. Um, but I just, I actually, I think the Gobert has a, has potential to have a good series because he he may be able to. They may be able to, to draw Jordan out a little bit. Uh, if if he can knock down like the free throw line jumper, uh, and who who knows about that? It, it's gonna be as far as his offense is concerned. He's gonna have to step up if if they want to really have a chance at, at doing what I'm thinking that they're gonna do and win it two two to three games uh, in this series. But I think more importantly for them, they need to find scoring, and uh, th- that's where I, I have my my second bold prediction, if you will, of the of the day is I think Joe Johnson is actually gonna win them a game. I think Joe Johnson is going to be a factor in at least one of these games for this team, and he, because he's he's been in the playoffs before, he knows how to score in the playoffs. He's a veteran, and while he doesn't play a ton of minutes, he doesn't put up a ton of points anymore. He can still get it done, and I think when it comes down to that sort of grind it out, maybe throw him in the post or come have him come on off the screen and be an option for for Gordon Hayward to throw the ball to or something like that. I just I feel like I'm. I'm pumping up his tires a little bit because he's been in the league a long time. I've always liked his game, but I think he will actually be a factor for them on offense and win them a game. And then Hayward will win them a game. And I feel like the Clippers will, will lose a game because of a Deandre Jordan free throw situation or some, something stupid. You know, I feel like the Clippers will just drop one because, because they're the Clippers and that's what they do. So ultimately that comes down to, a seven game series, but like I said, out of respect for those guys uh, that were former Celtics, I'm going to predict them in six and see if it happens. All right. Well, Uri and I had all eight predictions the same, but to be fair to both of us, we picked uh, an upset in both brackets. So, uh, yeah, if you don't like it, you can go screw yourself. But 
in any case, we yeah, we we each picked an upset. We picked the, the six over three. That's a big upset. So it's not like we were boring. Um, or maybe we were. Or maybe we were. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think but we're that's it. Gonna... I mean, unless we can do other predictions later, uh, as far as the the rest of the playoffs are concerned, we can do that in a in the future when we see where these series are actually going. Um, but yeah, the otherwise that's it. Are we off then, or what are we doing? Are we doing shows? Yes, we should be. We'll probably be off on Tuesday, and then maybe figure out another day, maybe on the weekend or something, or just the following. Yeah, Tuesday, maybe we'll, let's try to get in another show next week if we can, just because it'll probably be interesting to talk about Celtics basketball at that point, right? We'll, I think we'll so. Try to meet up. Yeah. Perfect. Maybe we, maybe All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening tonight, today, whenever you're listening. I hope you enjoyed it, Calvin. Man, nice talking to you. We'll do it again soon. Yeah. And uh, where's the close? Uh, Closing. Yeah, what's the mean? Bye. Bye, everyone.